How's it going? How's it going? And welcome to From the Sidelines. My name's Josh Duvall, and I'm here with Chad Davis, Devin Davis, and Noah Tyree. Today, we're talking sports. Hope you guys had a Merry Christmas and a Happy Holidays. Be sure to follow us on Instagram at FTSPod. Follow us on Twitter at DFTSPod. And if you want to email us or say, hey, ask why our Twitter ad is DFTSPod, not FTSPod, email us at DFTSPod at gmail.com, and I guarantee you we'll respond with, well, there's a there's actually a Twitter account that already has at FTSPod, and guess how many followers it has? Two, so we're working on that. But we just update, updated our website. We've got a new domain, so visit our website at ftspod.com. So easy, right? So easy. It's all you got to do. So let's, let's get into and talk some sports. Thank you for congratulating me on winning the fantasy football championship. I'm oh, glad did you win me or something. Giving me know. my proper recognition. I don't know. Did you win or something? I don't know. I did win. Yeah, you weren't in it, so I guess you weren't following. Yeah, he wasn't paying attention. He didn't, he didn't have a team invested. Okay. Whatever. But yeah, we week sixteen. Week sixteen. What y'all got? What y'all got? Anything to stick out to you? Oh, we had very uh very interesting games on like three of the four days over the weekend. I mean the Saints and Alvin Kamara breaking or tying the NFL uh single game rushing touchdown record, kicking off week sixteen with a banger. Um uh, when when a lot of people their fantasy championships on the very first game. Uh and then we had a we had a couple surprising results over the weekend and uh a lot of lot of playoff implications are on the line heading into Week 17. NFC East, you know, the the, the abysmal abysmal division that is the NFC East, still up for grabs. We've played 16 games and still don't still don't know who's going to win that clown fest. So, I mean, I'm really I'm really looking forward to Week 17 and seeing the 14 playoff teams that get locked up. But uh, yeah, there was there was a there was a lot of games that uh, came down to the wire and. Really exposed some uh, concerns for a lot of teams. Falcons blew another lead at Noah. Packers are going to blow another playoff race at everybody else in this podcast. <laughs> hey, at least doing at this least, for ten years. At least and the Packers since, are making it. At least the Packers are making it. Yeah, and you know what? The Falcons can't even take right because we lost to Trevor Lawrence sweepstakes when we decided to get a new interim head coach and decide to actually win a game or two. Hmm. Let's just keep losing, guys. Nah, we're the city of Atlanta, and we have too much pride for that. Yeah, Atlanta, like, they, they can't really decide. They're never all in on a tank, and they're never, like, good. So they're just, like, in the worst possible spot every year. But this is coming from a team who's wasted a Hall of Fame quarterback. So, you know, at Green Bay. We got Super Bowl. A Super Bowl. And you have Aaron Rodgers. A Super Bowl. It's not my fault the organization can't like draft him any help every once in a while. But that's that's not on me. I'm 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 smelling a championship this year too. So. Really? Okay. All right. Mm-hmm. Well, I hope you all do. I, like I said before this podcast started, I hope you all go to the Super Bowl and lose, so you know how bad it feels. Fine with losing as long as we're not up by twenty-seven and then lose. If you're gonna make an insult, make it right. It was twenty-eight. Ah, uh, okay. Twenty-five. It's twenty-eight to three. Oh, Neither of you guys are right. You're all wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Blocked it from my memory. I got absurdly drunk that night. <laughs> Nonetheless, y'all, y'all suck. I mean, speaking of small, you know, Devin brought up the NFC East and how there's, you know, there's, you don't know who's coming out yet. So, who do y'all think is coming out of the NFC East? I, at Washington. I don't see any other team. Their defense is too good. That's how they got here in the first place. From when they were absolute cheeks in the beginning. If you all can name me another time, 
where a six and ten team won its division. I'll wait. Yeah, I don't know about that one, bud. Yeah, that's insane to me. Like to think that a six and ten team is even going to make the playoffs is crazy. That's gross. I I agree though. I think I think out of any of these teams, it's probably going to be Washington, and then they're going to get slaughtered first round. So. Yeah, I mean they had they have their immaculate defense. It's really been, you know, one of the best in the league. But I mean, even Teddy Two Gloves was moving the ball on him. So I don't know. I mean, Jalen Hurts has looked pretty good his first few starts for the Eagles. So they they could show some promise on the offensive side of the ball. But I mean, I was really surprised by Taylor Heineke. I know Chad was a not a big not a big Taylor Heineke fan on Sunday, but I mean, he was really impressive. Had Couple of nice touchdown throws. A couple that got called back for holds and penalties of the sorts. But uh, I mean, he dropped a dime to McKissick for the touchdown, so looked a whole lot better than Dwayne Haskins. I'll tell you that. We also need to talk about the fact that an 11 and five team could miss the playoffs at Dolphins. That's true. After watching that game between them and Oakland, the refs were doing everything and they could. So. The Raiders would win, meaning Baltimore would get ahead in the playoff race. And I, uh, uh, it's disgusting. I hated the way that it seemed lopsided. And honestly, if the call wasn't so obvious, I don't see them calling, uh, roughing the passer on Fitz. So they're just lucky that it was so obvious they couldn't not call it. <laughs> I, what did the rest have to do with John Gruden not being able to run out the clock correctly? What does that have to do with I, the refs? That's all on John Gruden. It's all because John it Gruden's came problem. down to twenty seconds, bro. They did. He running the ball. He stopped at the one yard line. No, to run yeah, down you the can. Clock. You need to be doing that when you kick the field goal and the time expires. But when you kick the field goal and there's still twenty seconds left, and then you don't cover Matt Collins, and then you hit Ryan Fitzpatrick in the face mask, you'll lose the football game. The defense fault. If that's my opinion. The defense's fault. They're you just... shouldn't leave your receiver wide open. You know they're going to pass. It's 20 seconds left. They're like, just why playing would they... prevent. They're just playing prevent. And the whole point of a prevent is to be in a quarter defense to stop the pass. What? Yeah, they're playing zone, and Mac Hollins got into the soft spot in between the corner and the safety. I've never seen a soft spot look so weak in a prevent defense. Oh, well, you never watched a football game in the two-minute drill oh, okay. in garbage time. They give you 15, 20-yard pass plays all the way down the field. That's what they do. As long as it's not an 80-yard bomb, it's okay. It just It's just unlucky that uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick completed the pass despite getting his head knocked off. Completely beheaded. He did. But yeah, I mean, the AFC wildcard race is really what I'm looking forward to most uh, on Week 17. I mean, the AFC South title is still up for grabs. The Colts can... Colts can go from the 8th seed or all the way to the 4th seed and get a home playoff game. So, I mean, the Ravens should win uh, by the Bengals. So, I think the Ravens are pretty much in. But, I mean, Dolphins have a tough test. Uh, Bills will be playing for the 2 seeds. So, Dolphins still have to win that game. And then, Browns are playing Mason Rudolph and the Steelers. So, it'll be interesting to see how that one shakes out. They can't beat the New York Jets, but maybe they can beat the 2nd string Pittsburgh Steelers. But uh, how do you guys how do you guys see the AFC wildcard shaking out? Well, speaking of the Jets and missing out on the Trevor Lawrence sweepstakes, why are you going and winning two games in a row when you're clearly in the driver's seat 
at getting the probably the biggest player of the decade. And then you just go beat beat a playoff, maybe a playoff team. I don't know. They have to win, but in the Rams. And then you go and beat the Browns who are playing for seeding. How bad do you have to be to be the other teams to actually lose those games? I mean, I guess Jared Goff lost lost it for the Rams by himself, but like I don't know. It's just it's just so cringe. Best of the decade, eh? Yeah. The next decade. The next decade. The next decade. Whoa. Okay. I'm going to wait a second. So, so the last year. (laughs) I'm really saying a lot. Really putting his neck on the limb. Yeah, Jets, I mean, they're dumb. Stupid for that. But, I mean, my, my, one of my dynasty leagues thanks Sam Darnold for that. So, um, like, how can you be so bad that you can't even tank correctly? Greg Williams, I mean, I Greg Williams literally lost his job for the cause. He literally let Ruggs score so that he cost his job so that they could get Trevor Lawrence. And then Adam Gase the next week said, nah, we gotta beat, we gotta beat Jared Goff. And then we gotta follow it up with another win just to make sure, just to make sure, even if the Jaguars win, nah, we still want the number two pick. Hey, maybe Basically. Justin, maybe Justin Fields is good. Maybe Justin Fields is good. You tell me. All I know is I'm glad I'm not a Jets fan right now. I think the rest yep. of the world is. They also drafted yeah, you... Sam Darnold over Josh Allen. <laughs> they did, didn't they? Yikes. Hate to see that. Now, you also you also brought up uh brought up the Steelers earlier, so how about we talk about the how about we talk about the the, the Steelers? Are, we, are they are they overrated? Absolutely they are. You really can't win with a just a pocket passer nowadays. You have to have someone that can move at least a little bit. You're just you're just not gonna win with an old quarterback that just stands in the pocket afraid of getting hit. That's just not gonna happen. He had a good game though. It wasn't too bad. Especially threw for three hundred and seventy three touchdowns. He had a good yeah, second but half. He for like forty yards in the first half and then Frank Wright just lets you do whatever you want in the second half. To me that was just poor coaching more than it was Big Ben uh, going into halftime and pumping up his guys and like, oh, we're going to win this game. Yeah, I mean, as I've been saying for a couple of weeks now, I just the quick and short passing game for the Steelers you know, it's, it was a good it was a good recipe to start the season, but I think teams have started to catch on to it learn how to play it um, play a more press man um, not allowing, you know, holes in the zone defense uh, for Big Ben to yeah. exploit and you know, if, even if you don't have, you don't necessarily need a good pass rush, um, because Big Ben gets the ball out so fast. So I mean, if you're a team that lacks the elite pass rushers, uh, I don't really think it has an impact on that side of the ball. So as long as you have an elite secondary, then I think you can really shut down the Steelers, um, like we saw in the first half. Mike Tomlin does make really nice halftime adjustments as he showcased uh, throughout his career. So not not a surprise to see the second half come back necessarily, but. I definitely think there's a lot of concerns, and they can't really run the ball as effectively as you need to in the postseason. So, so going into Week 17, what are, what are what's the one thing you guys are looking forward to most? Watching NFL Red Zone with a bunch of playoff scenarios, clinches on the line. That's what I'm looking forward to. Two of the most insane witching hours of the year coming Sunday. Uh, I think the thing I'm looking forward to the most. Uh, it's probably going to be the Dolphins-Bills game. Uh, I really really think the Dolphins are kind of fraudulent, and I don't think Tua is you know, ready yet to be leading a playoff team. So 
I mean, I honestly think like if they just started Fitzpatrick from the get go, uh, they have a pretty good shot at beating the Bills. But I'm afraid, I'm afraid they're gonna fall behind and Fitzpatrick won't be able to close the game and lead them back in the second half. So, but I will be very impressed if they do, they do win that game. I mean, the Dolphins had that comeback that came close against the Kansas City Chiefs. So they have shown some life recently. But that's probably what I'm looking forward to the most and has playoff implications for both teams. Going off that, I just want to say that I really think they should have just stuck with Fitzpatrick the whole year and give Tua that year of just just the learning curve, especially coming off the hip injury. You saw how well it worked out with Patrick Mahomes. so And then you saw again last week, Fitzpatrick comes in and throws for almost 200 yards in the fourth quarter, and Tua didn't even break 100 the whole the rest of the game. So Everybody sleeps on Fitzmagic. I don't get it. I don't get it. So am I the only one who liked the like the sub thing that Brian Flores did, where he like brought in Fitz later on as like a relief pitcher? Like he literally did that as a strat, and it it worked. I'm a huge fan of that. I it's thought that disgusting. was disgusting. Well, no. Why why not just play the better quarterback a hundred percent of the time? Because you're, I see it as trying to develop a rookie. See, okay, we are but that, not are, on the same no, wavelength. There, are, okay, there are times. There are times when you can develop a rookie. I.e., look at look at the char- look at the Chargers. They're garbage. They're what? What six and nine? They're not in the playoff contention. They're just letting Justin Herbert play. Cool. He's developing. When you have a playoff team and a playoff caliber defense, I don't know that you can waste it by developing a rookie. That's just my opinion. Using two quarterbacks like... never works. When has two, six... two quarterbacks never ever worked? Not on a can't name or time because I've never heard of it being done. <laughs> Because it doesn't so work. Think, That's why it doesn't do it. It looked okay. So you think Tua makes that throw? If when he gets his neck jerked back ninety degrees, I think Tua runs it. Tua, exactly. Tua's a little girl. He doesn't run. He's scared of getting hit. Drew Brees <laughs> has twelve fractured ribs, and he's getting hit more than Tua. I mean, I can't say I blame Tua, but I, don't know. Uh, I was just thinking of a a rookie decision. All I'm saying is that game. Like I'm that all saying is that game, the game. That game is not even close if Fitzmagic is playing the entire game. Okay, Two, Devin. <laughs> one player put up 200 yards in one quarter. The other player didn't even hit 100 in three quarters. The proportions do not add up. That's why you make the sub. <laughs> oh, you're still not justifying your point. <laughs> Tua playing in the first half is better than Fitzpatrick. I have yet to hear any. He's the reason he was in the position to come in and win the game. So you're telling me Fitzpatrick couldn't have come in and win the game if he was playing in the first half? Like his first half playing is going to make him tired and he can't play football? Like I don't know. I never said that. Well, I don't understand. What's your point? What's your point? What's your point? Because okay, Oakland was already up, so that's okay, Devin. (laughs) Okay, but the score being what it was was Tua's fault, correct? Fitzpatrick had nothing to do with the fact that they were down. That's not Fitzpatrick's fault. Okay. Okay. <laughs> okay. There we go. I can. I can. I can. I can. I can deal with it. Okay. <laughs> All I know is you got five playoff teams competing for four playoff spots in the AFC. Which team do you think will get the shaft? I think it's going to be the Dolphins that get the shaft. They are going to play Tua. It's not going to work. Josh Allen is looking unstoppable, and the Bills are good on the defensive side of the ball. So if Tua can't figure out the Las Vegas defense, what in the world makes me think he's going to figure out Buffalo's? 
So, I mean, I see wins for Tennessee. Uh, Cleveland should win, and Baltimore is pretty much a lock. So, I I really would be surprised if uh, if the Dolphins make it. But like I said, I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, so we, we talked about all kinds of shafting going on over in the AFC. So let's talk about who's getting shafted in the uh, NFC. Who, who, who you guys think? Who's who's getting the rock? I was just going to say the Rams. I, I, I don't know. Because if the Rams lose to the Cardinals, which is completely fair, uh, and the Bears win, oh, but they have to play the Packers. Yeah, I don't know that the Bears are going to win. And the Packers are still playing for the one seed, so. Indeed. They have something to play for, so. I will say I've been impressed with uh, Trubisky um, the past few weeks. He's not necessarily faced a stellar caliber defense uh, the past three or four weeks or so, but um, regardless, I still, you know, David Montgomery's turned into a very good running back after being completely incompetent early in the year, so. I think they've showed signs of life, and uh, hopefully they'll bring Nagy and Trubisky back and give them a full season, and hopefully uh, hopefully it works out next year, but I think it'll be the Rams and the Cardinals. Uh, we got the battle of the backups in the NFC West. That'll be fun. Looking forward to that. There's a chance the Giants might get in. They can win the NFC East if the, uh, they beat the Cowboys and Washington loses to Philly. And they're listed at 25% from the BPI to get in. I feel like but, if Washington got in, they might do something because of their defense. I said that the other week. Yeah. Washington about to be the this year's Titans? That's what I'm hoping for. It made the playoffs more enjoyable when, like, the Titans went on that run. Because it wasn't something we were used to. So, I don't see any other chance to capitalize on another opportunity like that. If they could just figure out who to have at quarterback. Because I don't see uh, Kyle Allen throwing the necessary digits to uh, win them a game. And Alex Smith's on one leg granted at a superb level. I don't, I don't care what you say. That's comeback player of the year. So I, I don't know. It depends. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we've talked about balls on the field. Let's talk about balls on the court. Uh, let's talk some, let's talk some NBA, NBA come, coming back last week, uh, kicking off some Christmas day games and, you know, some games, you know, a couple, couple days prior to that as well. But uh, what what stuck out to you all most in the NBA? A couple of a couple of things that really caught my eye, especially especially um, that a Monday night game between uh, Portland and uh, the Lakers. I mean, everybody was hyped for the free agent acquisitions of Dennis Schroeder. Well, I guess he wasn't free agent, but they traded for him. And uh, but the free agent acquisitions of uh, Montrezl Harrell and Marcus All, and we saw in that game in the fourth quarter that the reason the Clippers let Montrez Harrell go and the reason I was not bullish on the Lakers uh, on the over-under pod was because of Montrez Harrell's defense. And you saw in the playoffs last year, uh, Harrell was getting picked on in the pick and roll pretty much every time down the court in the playoffs. And that's ultimately what happened on Friday night or Monday night. Uh, Portland was continually bringing Nurkic on pick and rolls uh, to bring Harrell on the defensive side. And, he was getting exposed every single time. Dame and Nurkic were just working him in the pick and roll, and eventually they had to bench him for Kuzma. So, I mean, I think I think the Lakers have shown some weakness. Uh, LeBron and AD aren't 100% off the short offseason yet, but I would I wouldn't chalk it up to a repeat just yet. 
I think they have some things to work out on the defensive side of the court. I don't know about you all, but I felt that the Christmas Day games were buns. Absolutely buns. I've never seen a Christmas Day go so uncompetitive. Like it didn't the the closest game to competition we had was Clippers and Nuggets, and that's still 13 points. Yeah, there were a lot of a lot of uncompetitive uh a lot of uncompetitive games on Christmas and really showed some of the discrepancy between some of the teams that we thought might be good ultimately. I think the Pelicans have shown some signs of struggling early in the season. Haven't haven't necessarily loved what they've what they've been doing and then Golden State has looked as I mean, they're trying to replace Clay with Ubre and Wiggins who literally can't hit a three to save their life. Uh so I mean they they have not looked good and Lucas Lucas being a bit sluggish early in the season. I mean a couple of teams that we were a bit bullish on early early in the preseason or before the season started have not looked too great, but Clippers. Clippers. Yeah, Clippers. I was about to oh, ask. Yeah. No. Yeah. No. They yeah. lost like fifty one to the Mavericks. Get out of here with that. Oh, they didn't have yeah. they didn't have Kawhi. They didn't have Kawhi. Get out of Does here. that excuse that? No. Uh, maybe not the fifty one part, but the loss is no. okay. No, no. And I hope and I hope and pray that Doc Rivers gave them a call at the end of the game and said, This is what you fired me for. Click and never talk to them again. Ah, when you're playing when you're playing Nicholas Batum like twenty four plus minutes a game, I, I mean it's hard it's hard to replace Kawhi's minutes with Nicholas Batum. I'm sorry, not it's it's just it's just is what it is. The Clippers it's also hard to lose by fifty one, but they managed. I, it. I don't I don't disagree. I don't disagree. But when your when your team is Paul George and Serge Ibaka, it tends to happen. You know, you lose. You lose say basketball he... games. I just want to say the outstanding stat line for Nick Batum the other night during that uh, Clippers game. Played 22 minutes, 4 points, 6 rebounds, 1 assist. Otherworldly. Otherworldly. Wow. Yeah, after posting a double-double on Christmas in 36 minutes. 36 minutes of Nick Batum. <laughs> not, a, not a huge fan of that. I, I will say, you know, uh, one team that's been looking good are the Bucks. You know, uh, I had... Devin pretty high on them. Had uh, me and Chad pretty low. You know, it's, yeah, no, pretty low. You know, I didn't think they were gonna hit that, hit that, that fifty mark. But you know, I mean, one guy in particular, Chris Middleton, he's been looking like a stud, coming out the gate, averaging like twenty seven a game. Yeah. Well, we like to talk about how at the end of tonight, um, they made twenty nine threes, twenty nine three pointers against Miami. Set a new, Grand- set a new NBA record. Granted, out of 51 attempts, and that's still above 50%. 55, even. Yeah, I mean, that's they, a, they won by, what, 47? Otherworldly. They won by 47. Yeah, uh, 144 to 97. According to an article by Yahoo Sports, Bucks beat the Heat so bad on record three-point night, TNT stopped showing the game. Really? I'm literally rating it off the page right now. There's no way. How did they do that? I just, what that's not how the, TV did they just switch what? to another game? Yeah, well, at least they didn't. They just didn't like just throw it on like Supernatural or something. But to go with what you're saying, if they keep doing things like that, they might actually get past the Eastern Conference Finals. Who knows? Yeah, I mean, Chris Middleton is really—he's really stepping into uh, stepping into an even elevated role even after his All Star campaign last year. Uh, he's really been the number one option uh, on offense. Really, seems like he's really trying to facilitate more. Uh, his usage rate has increased this season, so. 
I mean, it's all it's not just the Giannis show. I mean, I really think Middleton improving, and then Drew Holiday's looked really good uh, as a defensive stopper and playmaking facilitating as well on the offensive side. So I think the Bucks, I think the Bucks are going to be really serious playoff contenders this season. Another team I'd like to talk about in the East Conference, more so. Never really used to talking about the Eastern Conference. Uh, Brooklyn. Uh, I really think Kyrie and Kevin are playing together well. Huge bummer that Spencer Dinwiddie's out for the season, and I don't see him coming back. I see him testing the waters in free agency, as he should, get a little bit of a pay grade. Uh, means more minutes for Karis LeVert, though. Big Karis LeVert guy. Big guy. And I don't know. They actually look like they're doing well. Steve Nash looks like a genius on the offensive side of the ball coaching. I don't know if I'm too high on the Nets yet. Grant, I was about to say, granted, they did lose to Charlotte the other night. Yeah, and Memphis. Well, the reason well, they lost is because they're already starting to rest their players three games into the season. They're giving 100% on the court for 30-something minutes, oh. Chad. you you got to take a break every now and then, chill. Gosh. I've seen the way they hustle. The <laughs> or lack thereof. <laughs> NBA, yeah, I, I agree. That's a good, that's a good point, Chad. NBA's, NBA is slower than college. I don't know that. I don't know. Slower is the word. I think it's more like you. I'll, I'll stand here and watch you do something. It's like it's you, a lot more one, one, one yeah, on one. Yeah, it's like it's like I, I don't feel like playing for the next 30, 40 seconds. Here, take the ball and you do something. I'm good. I'll chill. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, like Noah was saying, I think uh, the Dinwiddie injury will have a bit of an impact on the Nets. Uh, one thing I really liked about the Nets in like the first two games, uh, where we saw was Karis really running the second unit. Uh, so I really, I really think that the Nets had a solid starting five, and then in that second five they had Karis, which uh, was really, really good for their offense, and he was posting like a 32% usage rate. So, I mean, he was really running the offense uh, for the second unit, and that's really where they were kind of growing some of their leads. So uh, was on the second unit, so. A lot of people are focused on the synergy between Kyrie and KD, and while I think that's important, I think Karras running the second unit was also really, really crucial for their offensive success. So I'd be interested to see uh, what they do with the starting lineup without Spencer Dinwiddie, if Karras will slot in that spot, or if Nash will like to keep Karras running the second unit and play somebody else in Dinwiddie's place. I'll tell you who they're not going to play, Joe Harris. With the, the loss to Memphis the other night, 42 minutes, only 14 points. That's not acceptable. Okay. Joe Harris starts even with everyone healthy. Yeah, but, was, yeah, but Joe Harris is out there for just space the floor. He's just yeah, a solid... I was about to say, yeah, you call yeah. him a starter. I call him a accessory. I mean, he's, I, he's, a, he's solid, but he's not, I don't know, he's not like your traditional like playmaker ball handler. I just, I like him out there for the floor spacing. Uh, Kyrie and KD, you know, have a corner three option to pass to. I mean, I think he slots in nicely with what they're trying to do on the offensive side of the ball. He's a, he's a glorified Steve Novak. <laughs> that's what I'm hearing, too. I, do you think that's good production for 42 minutes? That's my argument. You shouldn't be doing that. 14 points in 42 minutes. Bro, Isaac Okoro got 41 minutes the other night and dead zero points. Like, you know, yeah. NBA players can do nothing and play 41 minutes. It is what it is. Isaac Okoro, terrible, terrible on offense. He lit up two preseason games. Josh was like, oh, Isaac Okoro, watch out, boys. <laughs> nah, I knew it was fake. 
Yeah, you did too. Don't give me that look. Don't give me that what look. What are you talking about? <laughs> you were sending ESPN highlights and Instagram saying, oh, Ice Kikorio better than LaMelo Ball. Like, just stop it. Okay, that I'll stick with. LaMelo Ball is not good. That's not saying much. That's not saying much of being better than LaMelo Ball. Okay. Okay, then, bud. Calm down. Calm down. Well, at least LaMelo Ball can put the ball in the basket. You can cut off my left arm and blindfold me, and I'm better than LaMelo Ball. Oh, so you're telling me you could drop 13 in an NBA game? Yeah. Okay, go yeah. for it. Go for it. You get 15 minutes and 50% shooting from the field. You better drop 13. I will. I will go 100% from the field, and I'll drop 50. Okay. We, okay. Have, we have Akeem Olajuwon on the or Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. I don't know. Just name name it. Michael Jordan on the podcast. Guest <laughs> yeah. of the pod. Hey, everybody. Hey, everybody. Yeah. No, we have yeah. Derek Rose on the podcast. Man's ankles are made of paper. He wears, the D, Rose. Die, he wears the D Rose. He wears the D Rose shoes too. He's got the sneaker. Still game. be better than still be better than Lamelo Ball. I could be on. I would be on crutches better than Lamelo Ball. He's not good. Overrated. Overrated. Sorry. Seems like not Josh, a great guy. Josh is really turning I'm not, me. I'm not even gonna. He's really turning me into a Lamelo Ball fan just because I want Josh to be wrong. I'm an Isaac Okoro fan, bro. Forty-one minutes, zero points. The long you're right. You're fan. rooting for that. Not really. Don't even get me started on Dwayne yeah. Casey. Don't even get me started on Dwayne Casey. Your Pistons are 0-4. What the heck? No. Okay. There's there's a thing called managing your rotation correctly. Okay. Dwayne Casey, Dwayne Casey, the genius that he is. I liked him. I liked him. That's one of the reasons I liked the Pistons coming into the season. Really played Josh Jackson 28 minutes. DeLon Wright 19 minutes. Game one. First game of the season. First game of the season, DeLon Wright gets 19 minutes. Huh? What? How? In what world? In what world? I understand wanting to play Killian Hayes. He's looked a little bit, a little bit rough. He's, has, he's not looked great on the offensive side. Uh, getting exposed a little bit on defense. Not not been able to stay in, some, in front of some of the quicker uh, point guards in the league. But regardless, I get wanting to play him. Develop your first-round rookie, your lottery pick. But why are we playing Josh Jackson? He's been, what, on like four different teams? He's not panned out. He's been a bust. We know he's a bust. And we just what? continue. we just continue to play him. It's actually absurd. It's actually absurd. And he is getting he is getting a twenty six and a half percent usage rate, which is far too far too high for a guy like Josh Jackson. He has he has done better from the field. He has better true shooting percentage, I'll give him that. And he's decreased his turnover rate. So he has improved on some aspects of his game. But I don't I like don't nobody wants to see him. I don't want to see him. Can we develop what? can we develop some other guys like Sadiq Bay or Isaiah Stewart. Yeah, they're playing they're playing Jalil Okafor over Isaiah Stewart. What? Please stop. It's I'll so, even, I'll it's even so, agree with that. That's, it's so that's... egregious. They moved along right out of the starting lineup so they could have him run the second unit. Okay, cool. Thank you. At least he's getting on the court and getting usage. But I can't I can't watch the and Christian Woods lighting it up in Houston. Imagine imagine being a Pistons fan. Oh, you just have to this is just it's embarrassing. Troy Weaver spent all of their cap space on guys like Jeremy Grant, Mason Plumley, who just pad stats. They just pad stats because they get all the usage. Jeremy Grant looking like one of the top 50 players in the league because he gets the ball every possession because who do the Pistons have? Nobody. They're already resting Derrick Rose and Blake Griffin. Gotta let those guys take some nights off. How are they supposed to win games? You tell me. Well, as long as Blake Griffin's in concussion protocol, we might as well get used to Josh Jackson being around getting minutes. And that's just going to be the way it is. I I just want to add that when players like Josh Jackson are getting the usage that they are in minutes and stats, 
you're just not going to win basketball games. That's, that's just it's just that simple. I don't disagree. But yeah, hey, maybe the maybe the Pistons of... don't want to win games. Maybe they want to do the New York Jets strategy. That's fine with me. Just let me know before the season starts. Tank for Cade Cunningham. <laughs> Probably be Amani Bates, not Cade Cunningham. I don't even know. I mean, I'm, at this point, I'm older than everyone, so it's kind of like, I mean, it, it's just weird. Growing up, going like, I'm gonna, I wonder if I'm going to know anybody in the league, and the best you know is a team trainer. I don't even know that. At least nah. we know it's not going to be any Kentucky guys. Oh, good segue, good segue there. Let's talk about some Kentucky and how awful they've been. Jesus. All right, I just, I just want to throw this out there. I haven't watched a single game, so you lovely audience – going to get to hear these three fine gentlemen talk about this and i don't have an input because i i haven't watched a single game this season lucky you yeah consider yourself lucky how bad is it because you all look pretty angry on the camera and it sounds like a little bit of a horton sea salt in your uh mouse right there so i don't what's going on here i'll just lead off with this the the record right now is one six. Okay, that's the worst start since nineteen twenty seven, if not of all time. Nineteen eleven. Nineteen eleven. Now, okay, we're back to nineteen eleven. Great year. Me, me and Devin texted you all in the group chat after that Richmond game. We said we're just not going to be good this year. We're not a good basketball team. This is a bad loss. We suck, and we we knew that going in immediately. Now, I wanted to be wrong. We both wanted to be wrong. And I understand, like, oh, it's just one game. Well, they'll turn it around. They did not turn it around. In fact, they got worse. And th- they just got worse. I, I, it's, it's just a completely egregious. You can't play basketball the way you did in 2009, 2010, with big athletic guys that all they do is play defense and just, like, drive to the rim. You have to have shooters. I love Cal, but he does not... He just he just refuses to get shooters and refuses to adapt to the way basketball is being played now, which by the way Steph Curry single handedly changed, but it's it's just completely egregious. Put a bag over my head. Well, I'm just saying this is the first time I've ever seen you all be right because for the last seven years, if we lose a game within the first five games, you automatically assume the worst and it's the end of the world and you think the team's going to be ran into the dirt. It's just never right. And I think confidently for the first time of all knowing you guys for over a decade, Josh Longer, uh, this is the first time I've ever seen you right. To see you all complain like this much weeks and consecutive in the group chat, it's kind of astonishing. I mean, I don't know that I've ever felt as extreme as I did after the Richmond game. Yes, I've, I've had qualms before and thought, you know, we had some holes at some positions, you know. Uh, but this year, it's really, really egregious. I think the main thing, I think the main thing that Cal is lacking is he doesn't understand that you need floor spacing in order to run like the dribble drive, the weave motion offense. And it's not like we run pick and roll, so we don't have to worry about that. Like, why would we run pick and roll? No, no, no need to worry about that. Let's just focus on what Cal actually does. And he doesn't have a single player that can space the floor. Its point guard is not capable of running an offense, or even dribbling the ball for more than 10 seconds consecutively. And he doesn't, he, he continues, he continues to play two bigs together. Saar and Jackson continue to get minutes. Eventually, he's just decided he's going to sit Saar instead of Jackson. Beyond me, uh, I guess Jackson's better at rebounding in defense. It is what it is, but I mean, 
If, 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 if you can't score 60 points in a college basketball game, who cares if you only allow 62? You're still losing. You're still losing. Right. This is a 2020-2021 season. I mean, you can't not have shooters. I mean, I, I don't know what they're doing. I mean, with their team like this, they 100%, without a doubt, need to be playing through Saar and Jackson. They need to be playing through their bigs. They need to be playing through um, Lance Ware. He's been looking all right. Just play, if there's a big on the court, play through them. Don't let the guards like let them bring the ball up and make the pass down low. Let's not let's not do no silly shenanigans and throw up long twos every single time you get the ball like Brandon Boston. What is he thinking? I don't know. He can't drive. Every time he drives, he throws the ball off the backboard. Every time he shoots a three, he shoots an air ball. So he just settles for long twos, which is a waste of time. And they don't even go in either. So I don't know what Kentucky's doing. I mean, they, they need to figure it out. They need to figure it out. And Terrence Clark is lucky if he even gets a shot up before he makes it to the basket without losing the ball first. We would have won that Notre Dame game if Brandon Boston would have caught the ball and not not fumbled it around everywhere and made that pass to Olivier Sar. I know Olivier missed the shot, but Askew was there with the tip in just half a second later. So Brandon Boston didn't have butter hands. We would have won that game. So Brandon Boston's not. God, I mean, I know he was good in high school, but yeah, but I mean, I really don't know like what happened. Was he just not this it... good to begin with, or like? Like, he can't beat a man off a dribble. He can't stay in front of a man on the defensive side of the ball. And he can't shoot the ball to save his life. So, I don't... Wh- what does he give us? Seems like all the players just want an easy route to the NBA. It doesn't seem like they actually want to play college basketball. It just seems like they want to just slide right through college. Which, I mean, Ducky is a one-and-done school, I mean. But, at least... You have to play, like, one-and-done to do that. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, I guess they're just coming here to just ruin their draft draft stock. I mean, I don't know. I mean, you can't come in and be the worst team since 1911. I mean, that's like literally like I don't even think people knew how to dribble in between their legs in 1911. Like, it just baffles me. Yeah, we're not even playing like good teams either. Like Georgia Tech lost to Mercer and Georgia State. Uh, Richmond followed it up with a loss to Hofstra. Like these teams aren't even good. It's not like we're like. Okay, the North Carolina loss, whatever, the Kansas loss, yeah, these teams are decent. But we're also losing to putrid teams. Like, just just add salt to the wound. It's like we're not even losing to the good teams, which is normally the case. Normally the case is, you know, we might drop the Champions Classic game or the CBS Classic game. You know, a couple games, a couple road games in conference. But, man, we can't even beat the bottom of the barrel ACC teams. Our best player right now is the dude that wasn't good enough to start at Creighton last year. Just, just throwing that out there. Tells you everything you need to know. Do you all think it's like a case of North Carolina from last year? You just, we're going to go through a downward spiral? Worse. Worse. Yeah. Well, I mean, even like last year, though, North Carolina had injuries. Like, that's why they like struggled significantly. Yes, some of their freshmen didn't pan out as well as, you know, they were projected to, like is the case. But I mean, they had quite a few injuries that they had to go through last year, and that's pretty much what derailed their season we don't even have that excuse man we have our we have our entire number one recruiting class on the court and you're just that bad what was terrence cork supposed to be good at i don't see what shooting. He, can, he, can just, shooting. he can just dribble the ball he can dribble the ball he can turn it over he can turn it over those are two things he's good at but he can't get to the rim ah just, it's really egregious really thankful some of for some of our other teams but, I mean, you know, 
it's it's easier to watch games expecting to lose than expecting to win. Like once you get in the habit of, well, I mean, with, with Kentucky fans, you know, if you're you know Kentucky fan for football as well, you know, it's an easy thing to get used to losing. So you just got to have that football mindset. Okay, okay, well, you're shaking your head. Obviously, I'm talking, you know, in the past, in the past, things have changed recently. But for for the majority of of, of our lifetime, Kentucky has been a losing football school. So if you just take that mindset and put it to basketball, it makes things a little easier. Yeah, Kentucky's now a football school. That's how I look at it. Yeah, we are. We're, we're, we're a football school. Yeah. Speaking are you of filled, one, are you? What? I was going to ask Noah. Are you filled in? I I have more knowledge about the subject than I did before. I'll tell you that. And I think I'm more inclined to not watch a game again. I'll let this season go by, and I'll hit you all up next year. All right, well, after we uh, we had to endure that uh, dreadful conversation about the U.K. basketball team, y'all, I'll, t- I'll put you on something that's not dreadful. Our new website. You can check out our new website, ftspod.com. Go check out our new articles. We're producing some content for you guys. We got some more podcasts coming out. We had some, we had a League of Legends uh, all-star recap podcast from uh, Tyler Bender. So, uh... We're looking forward to putting out some some different some different content for you guys, uh, and you can you can stay tuned on all of our content as well on Twitter and Instagram. You can follow us on Twitter at the FTS Pod and on Instagram at FTS Pod. And if you have any content requests or any feedback on your contest or you think that Kentucky's basketball team is just as bad as you've ever seen, feel free to send us an email to the FTS Pod at gmail.com. Bye. Have a great Bye, time. Have a great time. Happy New Year.